Thank you for thank you for coming to today's podcast. Today, November the fourth, we're going to be reading uh, Limitless Love, Daily Reflections, um, Faith to Faith, and hopefully Proverbs the fourth, New King James, and hopefully some Psalms. So it's going to be about 30, 40 minutes of reading, so please hang in there. Remember that literature is God's way to talking to us. There may be something in here that be valuable in years to come or days to come. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And with that, we're going to read off Faith to Faith, November the 4th. It only takes a few, says Kenneth Copeland. And the scripture for today is Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. You may be thinking, Kenneth Copeland says, can a few people like us actually change the whole nation? Let me ask you this, can one dynamic person change a nation for the worse? Definitely. Hitler did it in Germany, didn't he? Then, if the devil's power resting on a man can change a nation for the worse, you can be sure that a group of men and women with God's power resting on them can change a nation for the better. No nation is so far gone that God can't change it. Israel proved that. Why, even when it didn't exist, the devil couldn't destroy it. God raised it back up before his very eyes. I want you to notice something in that scripture. It says, if my people, which are called by my name. God didn't say it will take everyone in the nation to get things turned around. He said, if my people. Notice also that he didn't say, if my people will go out there and sign petitions and drum up a majority vote. He said, pray. In other words, we're going to have to quit trying to work this thing out by ourselves. God himself will do the healing in this land. Our job is to pray, to believe, and to seek his face. Seek him today. Additional reading will be Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 through 16. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for this nation, Lord. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus to the east, Lord, to Washington, Lord God, to all the all the territories that have been dedicated to you, Lord God, that they will walk in righteousness. Lord God, that you will give this nation mercy and favor, Lord, in all its dealings. Forgive this nation of all our sins and diseases, Lord. 
And Lord, we just ask you that you will heal to the east, to the north, heal to the south and the west. Heal this land with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, make it come whole. Make it be bright and beautiful. We pray for your dedication. This We dedicate this nation to you. There's over 300 million people to your glory and your honor. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And now, we're going to read Kenneth Copeland's Limitless Love, November the 4th. When God draws near to you, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. James 4.8, New American Standard. Isn't it wonderful to believe that God loves us? It's a great thing to be so well grounded in the truth of the word that we know God is with us and cares about us every moment of the day. When we feel his presence and when we don't. Every believer needs that assurance. Every Christian needs to be strong in faith in that area that the devil can never shake or our confidence in God's eternal love. Even so, we all hunger for times when we can sense in our hearts the expression of that love. We desire encounters with the Lord where we become so aware of His presence that we receive to a greater degree what the Apostle Paul prayed for in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. <clears throat> what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge. The Amplified Bible. What can you do to experience God's presence in that way? Simply follow the instructions in the Bible. Draw near to Him and He will draw near to you. It is not God's style to come barging into your living room while you're watching some silly television show. Take the remote control out of your hand and say, Hey, turn that off. I want to reveal my love to you now. He is not an intruder. He won't even force his way into a church service or your daily devotional time if you don't desire and make time for him to speak to you. You have to make room for God's Spirit if you want Him to move. You have to seek Him, believing He will reward you by revealing Himself more clearly to you. You must let Him know with your heart, your mouth, and your actions that you truly want Him to. One thing about God is that He goes where He is wanted. So if you want to sense His presence more strongly, you need to make the first move. Take the time to get quiet and set your mind on Him. Tell Him simply and honestly from your heart how much you love and appreciate Him and how grateful you are that He loves you. Don't push for, don't push for some spectacular manifestation. Just worship and wait in reverence before Him. Again, we worship and wait in reverence before Him. We draw to him, near to Him in faith. Just as he promised, he will draw near to us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we're going to read 
today's daily reflection for November 4th, a daily discipline. When they, self-examination, meditation, and prayer are logically related and interwoven, the result is an unshakable foundations for life. From the book 12 and 12 Traditions, page 98. When they, self-examination, meditation, and prayer are logically related and interwoven, the result is an unshakable foundations for life. The last three steps of the program invoke God's loving discipline upon my welfare, willful nature. If I devote just a few moments every night to a review of the highlights of my day, along with an acknowledgement of those aspects that didn't please me so much, I gain a personal history of myself, one that is essential to my journey into self-discovery. I was able to note my growth or, or lack of it and to ask in prayerful meditation to be relieved of those continuing shortcomings that caused me pain. Meditation and prayer also teach me the art of focusing and listening. I find that the turmoil of the day gets turned out as I pray for His will and guidance. The practice of asking Him to help me in my strivings for perfection puts a new slant on the tedium of any day because I know there is honor in any job done well there is honor the daily discipline of prayer and meditation will keep me in fit spiritual condition able to face whatever the day brings without the thought of a drink amen I'm Fernando I am in recovery and this is a great finish for our two readings for today waiting upon him daily meditation and prayer and now for our proverbs chapter four one of the great literature things from uh, king solomon that has helped millions and millions of people throughout hundreds and hundreds of years and is still doing so. Okay, I <clears throat> promise that we're going to use the New King James Version for this month. It says, Hear, my children, the instructions of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction and do not let it go. Keep her, for she is your life. 
Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your feet from evil. Psalms 4, a psalm of David. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and self-seek falsehood? But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine is increased. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, Make me dwell in safety. Amen. And now Psalm 34. The happiness of those who trust in God. A Psalm of David. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encaps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is a man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. 
The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, many are, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, and not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Amen. Psalm 64. Oppressed by the wicked, but rejoicing in the Lord. A Psalm of David. Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plot of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquities. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. All men shall fear and shall declare the works of God. For they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him. And all the upright in heart shall glory. Amen. Psalms 94. God, the refuge of the righteous. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs, O God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say the Lord does not see, nor does the God of Jacob understand. Understand, you senseless among the people, and you fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear shall be he not hear? He who formed the eye shall he not see? He who instructs the nation shall he not correct? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord knows the thought of man that they are futile. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity. Until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? 
Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord hath been my help, my soul would soon have settled in silence. If I say my foot slip, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxiety within me, your comforts delights my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity, which devises evil by law, have fellowship with you? They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. But the Lord has been my defense, and my God, the rock of my refuge, he has brought on them their own iniquity, and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord our God should, shall cut them off. Amen. And our last psalm for today is Psalm 124. And we are done for the day. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate, appreciate. The Lord, the defense of his people. A song of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, when the waters would have overwhelmed us, the stream would have gone over our souls. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our souls. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the followers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Thanks be to God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God who always causes us to prosper. In Jesus' name. Good morning, family. Welcome to today's podcast. We are in Las Vegas, taking another fast vacation visiting the grandkids we got a lot of small ones and teenagers are starting to grow up let us open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by uh, the Lord's Prayer please our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You know what a wonderful uh, life this is. If we do the, if I do these things according to what the Word of God says is to read it at least 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at evening, and enjoy it. I sometimes uh, binge and I'll read quite a bit, and then I'll, I have that after effect that I I feel a letdown, that I should feel more strong and more encouraging. Lately, I've been up at 1 in the morning. I don't know if you experienced that, but my secure, secure rhythm, how you pronounce it, is off and I've been up 1, 1 10, 1 30 in the morning all the way live fully awake so it'll take me about an hour or two to get back to sleep I successfully did that last night and um, 
I, st I started doing some grounding. I don't know if <clears throat> the grounding effects of putting your feet on the grass and uh, on the cement, on the dirt, and meditating so I can get my uh, clock back in order. <clears throat> I guess there was a time change when I came here from, uh, we went to Hawaii. And then Hawaii, we speeded it up in three hours, and then we came back from Hawaii. No, we slowed it down, then we speeded back up. Now we're in Las Vegas, like I said. <clears throat> but the main point of this podcast is uh, don't give up. You know, don't throw in the towel. Don't be discouraged. When you feel like God is not there, he's there. He's listening. Uh, we have to go on automatic. We got to remember all the good things and take a good, valuable look at all our, our choices. One of the things is we're always going to be faced with challenges. And uh, this challenge that we're up against, it will move. Um, I kind of encouraged myself last night. I listened to one of my old podcasts for sleeping. And uh, in there, it was saying that uh, to in the good times, to rejoice and be happy and count your blessings. And then when the, the problem shows up again, say it's a person, uh, just continue to praise Jesus and continue to thank him. You know, in, in this little book that I pass out, Prison to Praise, by the way, the movie is on YouTube for free, Prison to Praise, about a, a serviceman that went to World War II. And then he came back into Korea and Vietnam and another war, and he helped out as a chaplain in the Army. His name is Marilyn Carruthers. And his, and his book... His first book that was published in 1972 and over 19 million in print, a motion picture, and in over 60 languages has been produced. And countless letters since the 70s have been written in. And me, I send in a letter too of the miracles that happen when we do that principle of thanking Jesus and praising him for the situation and getting out of the way. I have about 600, 500 of these books. I'm, I'm about 6,000 of them already. Yep, passed out since the last 20, 25 years. And um, I usually tell people real quick, like like McDonald's, if they if they're uh, there was a lady there, and she was full of joy taking our coffee money, and I gave her a book, and she said, "What's this about?" And I said, "It's about you thanking God and getting out of the way for your problems." And she looked at me. Oh, okay, good. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to read from page 93. It says, 93, what happened? 92, excuse me. It says, Jesus didn't promise to change the circumstance around us when we praise him, but he did promise great peace and pure joy to those who would learn to believe that God actually controls all things. Now, that's a huge, very big statement. If we can believe that God actually controls all things and we practice getting out of the way, uh, we will have great peace and pure joy. And it's, it goes on to say, the very act of praise releases the power of God into a set of circumstances and, an, and it enables God to change them if this is his design. Very often it is our, our attitudes that hinder the solution of a problem. God is sovereign and can certainly cut across our wrong 
thought patterns and attitudes. But his perfect plan is to bring each of us into fellowship and communion with him. And so he allows circumstances and incidents which will bring our wrong attitudes to our attention. Again, listen up, guys. You're not listening, or some of you. Very often, it is our attitudes that hinder the solution of a problem. God certainly is sovereign and could certainly cut across the wrong patterns and attitudes. But listen here. His perfect plan is to bring each of us into fellowship and communion with Him. And so He allows circumstances and incidents which will bring our wrong attitudes to our attention. Testy little childish attitudes, always me. Amen. And it goes on to say, I have come to believe that the prayer of praise is the highest form of communion with God. And one that always releases a great deal of power into our lives. Praising Him is not something we do because we feel good. Rather, it is an act of obedience. Often the prayer of praise is done in sheer, deep, grieving willpower. Yet when we persist in it, somehow the power of God is released into us and into the situation. At first in a trickle, perhaps, but later it grows in streams, then that finally floods and washes away the old hurts, scars. Amen. Interesting. You know, one of the things last night, I, I, we all bump heads with somebody, and I've been bumping head with a guy for a while now. And uh, I read pretty good the night before, and that morning <clears throat> I had like five chapters in the nighttime, five chapters in the morning. So what I sensed when, uh, when, I, when the person was speaking wrongly about areas that, that are not of their business, I was okay. It didn't, it, the, his, the words didn't penetrate me and cut me up. And it's interesting, another guy that was there, and he said, you know, those guys' statements are nothing but arrows. And that's what exactly the Bible says, that a wild man throws arrows with words all around you. So our only protective mechanism that we have is uh, reading the Word of God, which gives us a shield of love, a shield of love. Yeah, maybe one arrow or two got through because I was up a couple hours the night before, and uh, and I was feeling a little uh, like dis- you know discouraged last night. I was just like, man, I read the Word of God so much. I read it uh, day and night, push, 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 and. And I feel like this. I should be. And then I listened to uh, an encouragement statement that said, I think it was from um, God Calling, Sarah Young. I recorded it on my podcast, a sleepy podcast. And it said, (laughs) I encouraged myself for one. I said, it said, to praise God Praise Jesus in the good times, and while that person, the place, or the situation is in front of you, keep praising Him, and practice that. It's a skill that you will. So one of the things I realized that if I'm praising Jesus all day long, it really doesn't work. It's too, I need to set a time, say half hour, and really get the banjos out and and the flutes, and really have a session of praising Him. Just like a session of being grounded with my feet on the ground, or a session of reading, quality time. What I try to do is praise God while I'm driving. I try to praise God while I'm working and everything. 
it's not getting it, people. I think we need to uh, set, a, set a time of Bible study and praise, you know, a whole hour, and give God the due respect he needs. I'm talking to myself now. Amen. So that's the idea, is to praise him, the quality time, get it in there, and be satisfied with the praise, make a, a hit. And then, and then when you're in the midst of the, uh, of the problem, start praising Jesus right there and then. And his peace, his presence should start to keep us safe. And with an abundance of reading the night before, reading 1 John 1 through 5, and reading John 14, 15, 16, and 17, uh, when, you want, when you need to do full battle, when you need to do full battle with an individual and it's not working, guys, whatever you do, it's not working, all the prayers and everything, and, and you're getting uh, restful, irritable, and discontented, then we need to buckle up and humble ourselves and read 1 John 1 through 5 in the nighttime and John 14, 15, 16, and 17 in the morning and praise Jesus. And, you, and your spirit should be filled, ready for battle. That's been my experience, guys, that you'll go with, like it says right here, pure joy and peace into the situation. And their, their daggers can't hurt you. They can't penetrate your shield. All right. Uh, I'm going to say a little story. I'm going to read a little story. This is on page 103. It's about a page and a half. Actually, two pages, but they're pretty small. But it's an incredible uh, teaser story for his next book. The next book is Power and Praise, the second book. And this is an excerpt of that book. It says right here, A successful businessman came to see me about his teenage daughter. I knew the family and knew their daughter had received, get this, more than the average amount of love and care. Yet she had developed a violent hatred of her younger sister. She would lash out and strike her with whatever heavy object she could find. The distraught parents had taken her to the psychiatric for treatment, kept her on tranquilizing and prayers for years that God would help them find a solution to their terrible problem. They realized the danger of the violent outburst increased. I met with both parents and challenged them to try the one thing they had failed to do. What is that? They both asked. Thank the Lord that he has given you this child to meet your need. What? Really praise him for knowing exactly what would be the greatest blessing in your family. Huh. At first they thought this was completely beyond what they could do. They had tried for years to solve the problem and knew of no way to suddenly be glad that everything was exactly the way it was. We went through the scriptures together and then prayed that God will work a miracle and help them to thank him. A miracle did happen. They began to feel and be thankful. They practiced this daily for two weeks. Instead of constant worry and fear, they experienced peace and joy. One evening, they were in the living room. Their oldest daughter stood in the middle of the floor holding a potted flower. She looked at them, and when she had their attention, she smiled and dropped the pot in the middle of the dirt, of the rug. Dirt, glass, and flour went in all directions. The girl stood smiling, waiting for their reaction. 
Both parents had given themselves so completely to the practice of praising God that they automatically said at the same time, Thank you, Lord. The daughter looked at them in amazement. Then she lifted her head and looking toward heaven, she said, Thank you, Lord, for teaching me. From that very moment, she began to get well. Her parents came to me rejoicing. The power of praise had worked. For years, Satan had held the family in bondage through that girl. Now his spell was broken. In James, we read that we are to draw near to God and resist Satan. In Romans 12:21, Paul describes how, Don't allow yourself to be overpowered by evil. Take the offensive. Overpower evil with good. Some have asked me if this principle of praise isn't just another way to talk about the power of positive thinking. Far from it, praising God for every circumstance does not mean we close our eyes to the difficulties. In his letter to the Philippians, Paul says to worry about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Looking only at the good side of every situation is always a dangerous way of trying to escape the reality of it. When we praise God, we thank Him for our situation, not in spite of it. We are not trying to avoid our dilemmas. Rather, Jesus is showing us a way to overcome them. There is a ladder of praise, and I believe that everyone, without exception, can begin to praise God right now in whatever situation he may find himself. For our praise to reach the perfection God wants for us, it needs to be free of any thoughts or rewards. Praising not is not another way of bargaining with the Lord. We don't say, now we'll praise you in the middle of this mess to get us out of it. Praising God with a pure heart means we must let God cleanse our hearts from impure motives and hidden designs. We have to experience the dying of to self so that we can live again in Christ in newness of mind and spirit. Dying to self is a progressive journey, folks, and I have come to believe it is travel only through praise. God is calling us to praise Him, and the highest form of praise is the one Paul exhorts us to give in Hebrews 13:15. By Christ, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. The sacrifice of praise is offered when all is darkness around us. It is offered of a heavy heart unto God, because He is God and Father and Lord. As we, we begin to praise Him on whatever step of the ladder we may be, His Holy Spirit begins to fill our beings more and more. To continue praising Him means a steady decreasing of self and an increase of the presence of Christ within us until with Peter we rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. The end. Thank you. today's podcast of limitless love my name is fernando and your host let us open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the lord's prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I hope you're having a good day. Welcome to today's podcast, October the 4th. Set the example. Kenneth Copeland's book says in Ephesians 6, 1, 4, our scripture for today. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And you, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 1-4. As Christians' parents, we set the example of love for our children. What they see in us is what they expect to find in God. That's one reason why we should never instill fear in them in the name of love. Fear and love aren't a team. They oppose to each other. The Bible says fear brings torment. According to the dictionary, to torment means to agitate, terrorize, seize, or paralyze in order to oppress. God is totally against those things. His love, cons- love casts them out. So never try to use them to train your children. Instead, train them the way that God trains you. He instructs you with his word. He doesn't sick the devil on you and send him to terrorize you into obeying him. He sends the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. If you ignore that truth and get yourself into a mess anyway, when you call out to him for help, he doesn't condemn you. He doesn't beat you like a dog and sends you off with a tail between your legs. He forgives you and talks to you about how you can avoid getting hurt like that again. Remember the next time you are teaching your children something, if you're training them to avoid a dangerous situation, don't terrorize them. Just tell them the facts. Don't say things like, oh, I'm so afraid you're going to do this and mess up your life. I'm so afraid you're going, not going to listen to me and you end up in ruin. Speak to them in love and believe in them the way your Heavenly Father believes in you. Express your confidence in them and their ability to make their right choices. Let them know you want the best for them and you expect wonderful things for their future. When they make a mistake, don't act if it's the end of the world and don't kick them when they're down. Comfort them in their pain. Let them know you understand and are there to help them. Then teach them what the Word says. Say, Sweetheart, I love you. I want things to be well with you. So let's take a look at this together and see how you can keep from making this mistake again. Whether your children are young or older, they'll appreciate your kindness and respect. They'll find it easier to do what's right when you refuse to provoke and frighten them. They'll truly want to honor and obey you when you teach them and discipline them in love. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. I pray that you're doing well. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Enjoy this day.